player 2 has joined the game. Hey yo, what's up everybody? Welcome to a very special episode 245 of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. As always, I'm one of your hosts here, Kevin, along with my brother from my mother, Sean. How we doing? Fantastic. If you didn't know, this is the two-player co-op podcast. We're just about every week, sometimes twice a week. Two brothers get together to tell you everything you need to know about in the world of video games. If you like that, make sure you like the video, subscribe it, share it with your friends, family, and everyone in betwixt. If you really like us, you can go to patreon.com slash two-player co-op. Just like our affiliates, James Solar, Sarah Solar, and John Tingley did, as well as our producers, Steve Appleton, Aunt Sue, Vernon Slayton, and Dustin Downs. No offense, guys. Sean said to put the affiliates first. Blame him. If you like cool t-shirts and stuff that are merch, you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash two-player co-op. So we are recording this intro after we just recorded with Jono for, I don't know, 45 minutes or so. We'll see when I edit it. Um, Jono was awesome. If you didn't know, he was the sound designer, lead writer, and narrative designer, I think are the actual terms. Uh, hold on, I got it here. Narrative designer, lead writer, and sound designer on Trigger Witch. Um, if you missed it last week, we put up our review for it. Uh, we gave it a 9 out of 10. We love Trigger Witch. Like I said in that review, or either on Twitter or something, and I said in the interview, this game seems like it was made for us. I thought you were going to say something. Nope. Okay. I had something in my teeth. I was just trying to get it out. Flick it. Um, but Jono is just... It, it's so good to to follow somebody on Twitter and they seem like a super nice guy and then you actually get to talk to them and they are a super nice guy and that's what Jono is. Um, this interview was a lot of fun. Anything you want to add, Sean? Uh, stay tuned. Keep your eyes peeled for a, a special surprise guest uh, that uh, may show yes, up later on true. in the episode. But yeah, it was great talking to Jono. Um, it was cool learning some of the you know the. I don't influences. know. Yeah, the influences and behind the scenes stories and stuff of the 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 game, the development and all that. So, yeah, it was great talking to him. That's enough of an intro. So now, let's get to our interview with Jono Peck. What's up everybody? Welcome to another very special episode of the Two Player Co-op Podcast. Today, we are joined by Jono Peck. The managing Hello. editor at 8-Bit, the host of the Putting in Work podcast, also the narrative designer, lead writer, and sound designer on Trigger Witch. Holy crap, that is quite the intro, my man. It's getting long, isn't it? I might need to <laughs> cut a few of those things out. Uh, we love this game. We want to get into the game in a little bit. But first, we want to talk to you about some of just... Uh, <laughs> life personal stuff not too personal and everything <laughs> um but before we get into trigger witch i know sean had some questions for you so. so yeah i mean i've always just been fascinated by australia i've never been i want to go okay. someday um is it well how is it there i mean you like it there yeah it's great <laughs> i can't complain it's, how um, yeah sorry how specific. uh so the the stereotype i guess is that you know in australia everything's basically trying to kill you you got giant mm -hmm. spiders and snakes and scorpions and is this just kind of an old wise tale or is it pretty legit there's some things there that really want to kill you i mean i think anywhere you go there are things that uh, are trying to kill you 
uh, like whereabouts are you guys based exactly? So we're we're just outside of Memphis, and yeah, here in the U.S., there's lots of people that will try to kill you. I will say that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that is like the stereotype that we have about you guys. It's like, <laughs> oh, they're you know running around with guns, and there's grizzly bears, and there's Bigfoot, and there's uh, you know cougars. Like you guys have your share of dangerous exotic animals as well not to mention you know uh tiger king and people running around yeah, lions crazy and, people uh, and tigers and stuff that, that on the loose sometimes but um yeah so i guess yeah they're, they're definitely our share of poisonous snakes and spiders but uh, as far as like encountering those things i can't remember the last time i i've never been bitten by a spider i've never been bitten by a snake i can't remember the last time i saw a snake it was probably when i was hiking or something so it's that kind yeah. of thing where if you live in a city like like i do or a, like a regional center you got nothing to worry about really i mean occasionally you might see a, a large spider crawling down the you know the window outside or making <laughs> its way into the house but uh I like look it up the last time someone died from a spider bite was probably like 20 30 years ago oh, or wow. if it does wow. happen it happens it might happen like once every few years or something it's it's yeah. like a shark attack essentially okay. you know we've got so, good uh anti-venoms and stuff these days yeah but okay i mean that's what i figured i figured most of that's kind of relegated to you know the outback and stuff i'm guessing living in a city you're probably not coming home every day to spiders and scorpions no, inside your apartment. Exactly. And- <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think we have like a, a certain percentage of the world's most venomous spiders, for example, like there's spiders in every country. Um, but uh, I, I think some people, it's a bit, it's the unknown for, for people as well overseas. They just like latch onto these ideas and, and run with them. Of course, right. you, you got people like the crocodile hunter, Steve <laughs> Irwin, and um, all his adventures that people think is just the way things are. But no, we, we, don't, we don't ride kangaroos to work <laughs> and um, play with uh, koalas too, like, you know, too often. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the things you do have to worry about there is mailbox issues. And <laughs> oh, yeah. following your mailbox saga <laughs> was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I, I know it's been resolved mm-hmm. now, but. So do you know exactly what the heck happened? Yeah, so for the dear listeners out there who don't know, um, <laughs> we, we got home one day and well, my, my wife came home from shopping and the uh, the letter box, the mailbox was gone and replaced with a, a new one. And we didn't know why. We hadn't ordered a new letterbox. Uh, it's not something that just happens down here. Mailboxes don't just go disappearing. So it was a bit of a mystery until I saw a similar one up the road a few hundred yards and talked to them about it. And they said that they had like a government house and uh, the government had come and replaced their letterbox. And I, you know, contacted the relevant uh, department of housing. And they said that uh, it was a mistake with the contractor. He got the wrong address. Okay. They had to come and fix it up. And now we have a brand new letterbox. So with All's a correct well address as well yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> it um, doesn't happen um the, the we even went to the police just in case it was like a right uh, a um an issue that they were aware of and they said it was the strangest thing they'd ever heard <laughs> <laughs> a serial mailbox installer on the loose 
Yeah. We had so many <laughs> wild theories. Like maybe there was a neighbor who didn't like it. It was a bit like it was wooden and it was kind of old and rotting and a bit moss covered in moss. And maybe they just hated the letterbox and they were sick of looking at it. So they snuck out and, and replaced it while we were out of the house. But uh, no, it's a lot <laughs> simpler than that. Um, well, I also know, Jono, that you're a big uh, NBA fan. Uh, yeah. So like I said, we're here just outside of Memphis. We love our Grizzlies. Um, mm-hmm. We're both originally from up, upstate New York originally. Um, but the Grizzlies have now become my favorite team. Um, I don't know how I feel about the draft last night. Zaire was not who I was thinking they would take with Moody and uh, uh, what's his name? Book Knight or whatever. Yeah, Book, book Knight yeah, uh, available. Knight. But um, I still think it was a good pick, and I like that they're looking to the future. But I really want to just ask you, like, what is it like watching the NBA from Australia? Like, so are you watching hmm. – because I cannot get these time zones straight, man. So I assume <laughs> like the NBA finals are on and you're you wake up and like nine, ten in the morning the finals are on. It's usually around this time of the day. Like I'm okay. guessing for you guys, what is it like seven or eight o'clock for you right now? Nine 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 o'clock here, yeah. Yeah. So it, it's usually around this time. That, okay. That the games are either halfway through or getting started, depending on if it's like an East yeah. Coast or West Coast game. So yeah, it's it's kind of like you're, you're at work and you're kind of checking your phone, looking at the score, or I might sit down on my lunch break and, and watch the last quarter or something of a game. And that's usually the way that I follow it, uh, along with you know f- fantasy basketball and getting to watch games here and there on the weekend when there's you know games all day, which yes. is quite nice to when you know when the when the schedule's loaded. So yeah, it's definitely tougher to to follow everything but um you know i listen to a lot of basketball podcasts and that kind of thing and makes it good fun to follow along and it's um yeah basketball has been a, a passion and interest of mine since i was a kid and the you know the space jam era which is super relevant now uh, mm-hmm. and being a big mj bulls fan yep. i've um stuck with chicago through all those years okay. and in turmoil and uh i guess that's something that you guys would know about as either former Knicks fans or, you know, even as Grizzly fans that hasn't yeah. always been um, super encouraging what they're putting out on the floor, but it's, it's looking up for you guys with Jar and some of the other guys over there and that they just made this trade to get Eric Bledsoe. And I don't know, we probably shouldn't deep dive too much into basketball for, yeah. for, your, <laughs> for your gaming audience, but um, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about in, in Tennessee. It's yeah. a good time to be a, a Grizzlies fan, I think for sure. Yeah, we, we could probably spend an hour on basketball, but uh, <laughs> all right, let's talk Trigger Witch. Um, so we were lucky enough to get codes. Thank you, East Asia. We appreciate it. Um, they've been super generous. Same with Rainbite, super communicative and everything. A- a- everything cool. leading up to the release of this game was awesome. Um, That's great. It, if anybody's listening to this that hasn't seen a review yet, go to youtube.com slash two player co-op, check out the review. We gave this a nine out of 10. Um, this game, like when I first saw it way back at the, that at 2019, maybe it was when it was on kind of funny. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. It was like the, their, their showcase start, thing. I think it was, yeah, they, they started developing at the start of 2019. So yeah, yeah it would have been like halfway through that year. I think. Okay. But then when, when, yeah, when Colin started talking about it earlier this year, I was like, that sounds familiar, Trigger Witch. And I went and looked at, and I looked up the trailer and I was like, 
oh my god it's zelda with guns this is <laughs> i had forgotten about this this is awesome um <laughs> but so yeah we have absolutely loved it i did get the platinum uh yesterday nice. um though some of those chests were very tough like i like i tweeted you i, I did have to look up a guide because some of them those those caves are way bigger than you think they are um yeah one of those caves gave me a bit of grief even yeah. like getting even getting like uh to talk to like the other de- developers on the game being like where is it man and like, yeah I had to like really be specific but now you got the first platinum right i did that was that's my awesome my claim to fame now <laughs> that um, is that's awesome that was i was i was really keen to be the first and, and usually it would be jared who um who's the real trophy hunter in the okay in the Rainbite team but uh he i think he's done so much testing and playing of the game that he was like not motivated to, to yeah. go out and and rush through to get the platinum so i was able to get it first because i was hungry i was the the hungriest of the people with early access because <laughs> i hadn't actually played through the full thing in its final form yeah that's awesome yeah we uh we got review codes for herbroxia 2 uh and i think on vita i might have been top 10 or 15 getting the platinum on the ps4 sean beat me by like he was number 13 i think i was 15 something like that it's pretty close yeah um but yeah that's do you, know, do you know where you rank for trigger witch you'd have to be top 15 you had to be pretty close yeah. yeah i i need to look up psn profile so maybe I'll, so i'll ask you this and then i'll look mm. that up um but <laughs> so how did you get so i know you you, you do eight bit and everything but how did you mm. go and john like honestly i don't even know what your day job is we uh like i work in it for a, a local you know, uh, medical device manufacturing company here. Mm-hmm. Sean works for the same company. He's a engineer there or an engineering manager now. Um, but so how did you get involved with Rainbite? Like, is there something that, that drew you to this? Do you have a love for Zelda games or something? And, and just like, how did this all come to be? Because working on a game, either actually making the game, coding it, doing the pixel art, whatever, I, I don't have the free time. Again, I've got four kids, so I don't have the free yeah. time to do it right now, but just being involved with the making of a game like you were with Trigger Witch is a dream of mine. And I, I, I think Sean's too. Oh, so I would love it. So how did this all come to be? Um, first of all, yeah, I, I work in the healthcare industry as okay. well. I'm, I'm a, in like a marketing and communications department for a big health service where I live. It's like the biggest employer in, in my city. So we okay. have a lot of staff and a lot of communications that go out. So I'm, I'm previously a journalist and writing and editing. That's always been like my, my background and my skill. So from there, you know, leaving journalism and, and getting into the more uh, comms and marketing side of things. A few years ago, I published or wrote and published a couple of novels, um, the Maven effect and, and the spy in the Maven. Yep. And that was my first foray into creative writing. And I think from there, that gave me the confidence that I could write a game. And it was something that I'd love, you know, I really wanted to be involved with. So I had struck up a friendship with some of the guys at Rainbite, particularly Jared, the lead programmer, through interviewing them on my Mm -hmm. podcast, Putting In Work, and talking to them about their previous game, Reverie, which is another Zelda-style indie and from there just from being friends and you know playing games together i let him know that i was you know keen to work on games at some point and maybe i could edit their next game because reverie had 
dialogue and, and stuff. It wasn't really a in-depth story, though. I just thought it would be, you know, I'd, I'd come in and maybe punch up what they'd done, check the tutorials and all that kind of thing. But they said that uh, they were working on something with a bit more of a narrative focus and asked if I wanted to write their next game, which turned out to be Trigger Witch. And from there, I just really sunk my teeth in and probably made it a lot more narrative focused than even they had originally thought would happen. So it was yeah, such a great experience. And I definitely have that outsider's perspective on the process um, as someone that has wanted to do this, but not known how to get into it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I really feel just so privileged that the first game I've worked on has been something as good as this. Um, like, and thank you for the nine out of 10. That's one of the best scores we've had. I'm glad you really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, to be part of a game that's this good, I, I have to pinch myself sometimes because it's, it's wild and it's something I want to do a lot more of, but uh, to have this as my, as, my starting you know foot in the door i yeah i'm just really pleased with how everything's going yeah i mean it's definitely right up both our alleys we both have been playing zelda for almost as long as we've been alive um but you know zelda i mean the story is more or less the same every time right you got the hero you got to save the princess save the world kill the bad guy whatever um but that was one thing we both really liked about trigger which is just there's a legitimately good story to this game and you know you the the writing kind of sucks you in you're, you're not the the silent protagonist like you are in zelda you actually have a voice you get yeah. to choose responses mm-hmm. and all that so uh, yeah i mean the the writing in this game is it's great it's fantastic now i have not beaten it yet uh i was just talking to kevin before we went on i think i just got into the last dungeon so i'm yep, getting right. close so no spoilers on the ending. We won't <laughs> talk too much about the story, but yeah, it's just great. It's nice to see, you know, the gameplay is exactly what we want. You know, we play, like I said, we both love Zelda, but it's nice to see, you know, some, some in-depth story going along with it for sure. Yeah. I think the, um, the way that all the different gameplay elements have come together has created something fairly unique. Like oh, yeah. a lot of people have these great memories of playing Zelda or Zelda style games back in the you know previous generations when it was the the sprites and the pixel art but then to throw this modern twin stick shooter twist on it where you know you just simply couldn't there weren't two sticks back then so it wasn't really a thing and then to throw in like rpg elements and upgrades and dialogue options i feel like you know and an open world where you can decide like okay which of these dungeons am i going to go to first i think that's something that's made this game unique i certainly can't think of anything that's done quite all those things at the same time and i think that's pretty cool i think that that's make that's something that makes it stand out to me Uh, a a lot of twin stick shooters are roguelikes or they're arcadey games like uh, resogun and and that kind of housemark experience so as as awesome as those games are for people that like a story and progression and exploring and that kind of thing i think that yeah we've We've got a kind of a unique little gem, indie gem on our hands. That's one thing, you know, that I picked up on immediately playing this game, especially just coming fresh off of um, Returnal. This game kind of feels like it, you know, could have been a roguelike. You know, it's got the the combat and the the bullet hell and all the different weapons and stuff. And I just want to say I'm so glad that 
it's not because I'm kind of burned out on yeah, Returnal absolutely. just about killed me. I I much prefer just a more traditional game, but yeah, it's great. Yeah, I think the assumption with, with like based on a lot of the comments we got on trailers and stuff was is this a roguelike? Yeah. Um, and it's like nope. <laughs> yeah. We did not want to make that kind of game and um it's it's much more accessible I think than than those style which people you know people tend to love that like people that people that like it tend to love it if that makes sense and they yep. play like hundreds of hours like you look at the trophy list for enter the gungeon or something and as someone that's like fairly newbie at roguelikes i'm like man this is really intimidating but i think yeah this is just a, a, a much more accessible genre than that yeah and so i looked up apparently right now i ha- i am number five on the platinum list wow now when everybody wow. sinks their trophies maybe that won't stick but right now that that'll be my claim to fame is that on psn profiles yeah yeah so that would be after me two other developers and a game tester so you you're basically you're the first the general public look i will say my boss isn't watching i will say like i i burned after we got so we were getting ready to do the review uh we got all the footage the audio and everything captured monday um i edited everything monday night but i will say monday during the day i was like let's see how SharePlay works on my ipad and it worked really well um or remote play i should say but yeah i I burned through this game i I absolutely loved it um but i know so you tweeted a few days ago i think it was about how you actually the the quote-unquote voices um for the the man in black was you and your wife did some of the the female voices and your son actually did the explosions for when the enemies die. That is, yeah. as a father, that that just like that that just uh, obviously you can see it on my face. That just brings such a smile to my face. Like that that just makes me so happy. And it's such a, a cool a cool way to look at doing the. And, and it did take me back to again. I'm I'm I don't know how old you are, Jono. I'm almost four. I'll be forty in November. But it takes me back to when like the the old 16-bit era games when someone's talking it is just a um and it just brought a smile to my face when you tweet that i was like oh this is this just makes it even better man (laughs) that's cool um yeah i'm 33 so i definitely recall some of those older games or or even it used to be like a like just a little beeping kind of sound as the text scrolls across the screen or like a typewriter noise i think originally we had like so there's a quill that acts as the cursor in the mm-hmm. some of the menus and stuff. So originally it was like the scratching of okay. a, quill, a quill as as the text came up. And I don't know if it was a particular game that inspired the idea, but um, Jared, the programmer, th- said to me that he, he wanted to, I think maybe like Animal Crossing, which was huge last year. It's like, yeah. you know, it'd be great if we could have some voice to add a bit of character to it. So we trialed a few different things. And in, in Animal Crossing, they like connect each word. Like the first letter of that word is a particular sound. So it actually sounds like someone kind of talking in their own language. Okay. So we experimented with a few different things and ended on just like having the one sound for the whole line, which is more of a, um, a Undertale kind of thing that, that they did in that game. Yep. And um, yeah, so, so it was getting my wife to record like a ma or a ba or something like that <laughs> and then just like pitching it up and down to yeah. be slightly different for different characters depending on like you know 
who they were or how old they were. And then, yeah, doing the same thing with the men in black and the goblins and the miners. And um, as far as like the way that I used my kid, it was just like working from home in the pandemic. There was a lot of times where it was just, he'd end up on the floor of my office where I'm recording this right now. And I'd just kind of be watching him and he'd be like making some noises or babbling or crying. And I'd just be like, oh, I'm just going to like hit record and, <laughs> and get some of these sounds because they, they sound like kind of interesting, some weird noises, like in context, everything makes sense. But then if you isolate like a split second of, of a, a person or a, a, a creature or an animal or a kid, it sound, can sound really weird. And yeah. then you start to like pitch it up or you pitch it down. And it, yeah, that's how I got a lot of the, the sounds for monsters and in the game, especially when you're like shooting them and they're exploding yep. and, uh, and the imps in the game, they're, they're all little Micah crying out in pain, <laughs> which is a really conflicting thing when you're playing the game and, and remembering and, and hearing it. And, and even like as, as dads, it's like, you have that sixth sense of like, did I, did I just hear a baby cry? Like, <laughs> right. If you're, like watching like a movie and there's a baby crying and you're like what was that yeah um so yeah it was it, it made uh, replaying or playing the game quite interesting as i was remembering those sounds yeah once i saw your tweet i was i was like i was listening to it in my head and i was like oh okay i do get it that's that's it's yeah, yeah. it's hilarious but it's awesome at the same time so yeah when you tweet it just made me so happy i'd I love to see that so um so you said you you got close you know you got some friends at rainby that's kind of how this whole process mm-hmm. started but i mean was this did you know what trigger witch or what ended up becoming trigger witch was going to be or you were just you just kind of sign up and you said i'm in whatever this is i'm I'm ready to help out or yeah i think that jared had said their next game was going to be a twin stick shooter and that was kind of all that i knew and i saw like the announcement trailer like everyone else Okay. in the in the kind of funny showcase and i thought yeah it looks really cool um and i don't i think at that stage it was too early for them to know exactly what it was going to be but by the time they brought me in which was probably four or five months after that i can't remember exactly when the launch was but about a year and a half ago you know i got on the discord call with them and they talked me through the story which was essentially you got the the main characters, you know, this witch and her friends and her mom, and yep. there was a couple of other characters that that didn't make it into the the final version. Uh, but this concept was there. They had like the portal, the guns come through the portal, and uh, it's a world full of of magic and guns. And they had like the, there's a big twist towards the end that you guys are aware of or close to and they had that in the game at that point so that was kind of like okay i don't know how this is going to work but that was my job to kind of tie it all in and try and make it make sense in this within the scope of of everything else that's happening in the game and i think that we really personally think we nailed that Mm -hmm. um and that was really fun just to try and make everything make sense because it was like we had this concept of you know guns and uh fantasy elements and then it was up to me to kind of try and make it work and make it feel like okay that makes sense like they don't use magic anymore maybe there's a character that uh still does use magic and maybe they're kind of considered like a bit of an outcast from the community and how does that tie in and and what could be like an explanation for what happens to a world when you 
transition from a, a world of magic into a world of gun fueled violence and, and what would that do to the communities so it was fun to kind of put that hat on and have this uh kind of a to b to c to d mapped out for me and just kind of fill in all the gaps and, and color in all the between all the dots that had been connected yeah yeah i'm very i'm i'm very intrigued now by this twist i think i've got you know next session that i can sit down and play probably tomorrow i'll, I'll beat it i'll hopefully yeah. at the platinum this weekend dude but... you cannot when i got to the final level i was like no spoilers but i was like are they doing this yeah. and i had a feeling of what was happening and then i got to the final boss and i was just like oh my god i i i so i, I don't know who came up with that again we don't want to spoil anything if people haven't beaten it yet but it was such and like and the final boss fight is awesome. The, all the different faces and everything, you're in for a treat. And it is difficult, I will say that. Yeah. Um, three, I think it was three phases. Um, but when when you actually get the reveal of who the man in black is, I was just like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I don't know how... And th that's the other thing, Jono. There, there is so much... There is so much writing in this game. There's so much dialogue. There's so much story. There is, there is so much in here that I can't even imagine how many hours you had to pour into this game, mm. but it like all, it all works. I, I love, I, I love the humor. I love the emotion. I, I love the different characters and how they interact and how some things change as you go on and then they change again and whatever. But like there, there's so much to this, like this 10 to 12 hour game, there is so much lore, whatever you want to say, you know, that's packed in here. And I just have to say kudos, man. Like it was, it, it wasn't just like the gameplay was so much fun. And once I got, it, it took me a little bit to get the, the, the twin stick controls down. But once I did, I was like, okay, I know how to play this game, but then some games I might just like keep, uh, I'll keep clicking X and like skip, skip, skip. But I was like, no, I want to actually read this. I want to know about Colette and her mom and her friends and the man in black and all this. And it's just, it's so well done, man. And I'm not, I'm not trying to blow smoke up your butt or anything, but it is, <laughs> it is honestly so well done. And like, I don't know if people aren't, I, I haven't read a lot of reviews about it, but I don't know if people aren't focusing on how, how, like just what an amazing job you did with this. Thank I, you. That I, it's awesome. Yeah. That means so what to me because everything that you just said is exactly what I was trying to do, and it seems like you, it sounds like you're the person that I was aiming yeah. for, like <laughs> someone someone that appreciates it, someone that you know gets all these references, pop culture references, and the inspiration from yep. other games that we used to play. And it's definitely something that you know I've been working on for so long, like many hundreds of hours when you include like yeah. the sound design and, and the writing so to hear what you just said is really what i've been waiting for in, in a lot of ways and and to to see people have that exact reaction because not everyone does have that reaction some people um either they just think the story's fine it's there and it's, it's a bit wacky and it's fun and there's some awful dad jokes that people seem to be enjoying and then other people not enjoying so much. And I've been reading like every review and it's been fascinating to see like the range of opinions, but you know, it's everything. It's like some people, some people like the story and they find issues with other things. And then some people love the gameplay and they just kind of so, so on the narrative elements, but it seems like it hit all the marks for you guys, which is really cool. And you totally get what we were, trying to do which is, is awesome 
Yeah, the, this game was made for us, is what I would say. Like, yeah, definitely. I don't know if I, I can't remember if we said that in review or just in the tweet, but this game, it just felt like all the way through. I was like, this was made for us. Like, we ranked, so we, a, a, you know, a couple twenty episodes ago or whatever it was, we ranked. We each did our top fifty games, and we we power ranked them, and then we came up with one list to say what are our top fifty games of all time, and a link to the past. Excuse me, I just <laughs> spit on the microphone. A link to the past ended up being number one. And then to see this, like I said in the review, to see the Zelda formula with like flipped on its head with the guns instead of swords and bow and arrows and everything. But honestly, with an even better story, I would probably say than a link to the past was that this game was absolutely made for us. Period. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Well, yeah. And I mean, you know, like you said, obviously there's a lot of Zelda inspiration in this game. I get some roguelike elements out of you know the combat um uh, there's to me i I see some ties to even like final fantasy you know final fantasy has a lot of that you know magic versus technology and that kind of element to it Mm. um it also kind of made me think i don't know if you played it did you ever play um the messenger yes yeah because i kind of got a vibe you know the messenger we both love that game and that's another game that you know, the, the game itself was just a lot of fun and it's the kind of game that it's like, this has no business, you know, having such a cool story and cool writing to it on top of, you know, just the fun gameplay. And that's, that's kind of what this reminds me of. It's, it's a fun game just to sit down and play. And then kind of the, you know, the icing on the cake is just, you know, the, the story that you're not really expecting and the, the, the great writing and all that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm really glad to hear you mention some of those games because clearly, um, you know, the visual style is inspired partly by Link to the Past being that fantasy setting. Um, you, you know, the the developers Rainbite's first game was much more Link to the Past in the gameplay, where it's like you yeah. know you unlock a new item and then that item allows you to solve these different puzzles, whether it's like a you know a cricket they had a cricket bat instead of a, a sword and they had a yo-yo instead of a boomerang and, and so mm. on and so forth. But this game, while it holds on to that visual style, it's moved more into a, another style of gameplay. But as far as the the narrative goes, like the messenger was definitely like on my mind as far as like the tone of that mm. game and the, the humor of that game and the yes. kind of meth, like the meta kind of yeah. yep. thing that they had going on when you went in there and talked to shopkeeper mm. and it was like so much fun to just see uh that kind of world flipped on its head a little bit with with just with just fun jokes and stupid humor that took me back to like the old lucas arts games which are also yes. a big inspiration to me like monkey island and yep. fandango and that kind of thing and then to mention final fantasy like for me it was certainly on my mind. Like I've said in some other podcasts, like Final Fantasy VII is one of my favorite games. And I love that the side characters in that game in your party all have their own personal story arcs that they go on at different points in the game. And they mm. all have these developments that they go through to, to flesh out their character or to, to end up in a different place than they were at the start of the game. And that was really what I wanted to do in this game. Like you have a dungeon where you learn more about Remy and you figure out like what her future is going to be like. And the same thing happens with Shelly. And then by the end yep. of the game, they're in completely different places and yep. it affects you as their friend as well. And I'm really happy with that, how that, with how that came together. 
Yeah. That's awesome. That's it, it. Yeah. So the funny thing, so I would, I think we both said, I think the messenger was 2018. Cause I think it was 18, the same year. God of war yeah. came out. God of war is my third favorite game of all time. Um, but I thought actually the, the writing in the messenger that year, I said, this is the, one of the best written games I've ever played. Like the humor, the, the fourth wall breaking everything, like you said, with the shopkeeper, it was just, it was amazing. So that's, mm. Now that I know you drew inspiration from that, it makes sense why this was this this was so well written. So that that's that's awesome. Oh. Hi. So <laughs> this guy, a special refuses, guest host, refuses to go <laughs> back down. But hey, buddy, maybe tired enough that I might be able to get through this with him. Uh, but here's here's Micah, uh, one of the stars of yeah of Trigger Witch. <laughs> he did a fantastic job, Micah. Uh, Is that all right with you guys? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good. Yeah, cool. So we won't keep you too long. Um, just a couple, a couple other things. So you yeah. did, I think you said, did you wrote also the the trophy slash achievement list? Yeah, I mean, I, there was, I, I yeah, I did. I wrote the the trophy list and came up with a bunch of ideas. It wasn't like one hundred percent me. I have to give some credit to the other guys. I think for throwing ideas and, and puns in there for some of those names. But I, I feel like probably. 90% of them were ones or titles that I came up with in awesome. one way or another. Yeah. Um, so was it you? I have to say, again, I, I know we both like Colin. I know Colin's a, a friend of yours and everything. So when I saw the Sacred Symbols trophy pop, I was like, yes. <laughs> well, when they started mentioning the Sacred Symbols and everything. And I was so like, that was oh. that was the last dungeon I did. I remember Colin tweeting about like, oh, thanks, Jono, for the, the yeah the shout out the trophy list or whatever i'm like okay and then yeah i just did that dungeon right before it came over i'm like okay clearly this is going to be that trophy and mm-hmm. yeah but yeah yeah that was me definitely um colin's been a good supporter of of mine and of Rainbite. actually he's a huge fan of their first game referee yep and i think he put it in his like favorite games of the year list when he used to do videos um for side quest or whatever it was on the yep. channel so yeah, it was really cool to um, just you know yeah show him some love. I've always been like big on referencing things that that I like and uh, like kind of funny were referenced in the first in Rainbite's first game with like a poster in an arcade, and Greg was Greg Miller was kind of like somewhat of a trophy consultant on that game okay. where they they I think he mentioned on like a podcast that he was happy to take a look at people's trophy lists and give feedback and they did that to um to just get his take on it and just make some kind of connection which which is cool and um yeah colin's been really supportive and even like him and barry from lilymo games uh both played like some early an early build of trigger witch so they helped with a bit of testing and and uh, made it into the credits from that as well yeah i did i saw colin i saw barry as well and that made me happy um, but yeah, I think like we said in the review, I think that the trophy list is, it's not like a Rattalaika game. It's nothing like that, but it's a very fair, if you, if you put in the effort, it's a very mm-hmm. achievable platinum. I, I think it's a very yeah. good, fair list. You know, there's some games that are ridiculous, like, you know, resistance to, I think it was 10,000 kills in multiplayer. What are we talking about? Um, <laughs> but then there's other games where it's just play for 20 minutes. You get the platinum. This is this is like a perfect trophy list. I would say that it's, it's achievable. 
you have to put in the work, you know, you got to experiment with other guns. You got to experiment with how to kill certain enemies and everything. Um, but I, yeah. I thought it was a great job. We, we de- deliberately made it so that certain things that were in the game that we really wanted people to experience, we just found a way to make sure that some people will do them. For example, you've got the, the character called the gambler, which I won't, yep. won't give away completely what that's about, but uh, you know, you can go down there and, um, win win something from him so i was like how do we make sure people actually go through with it well let's make a trophy and then um in the end game you know you know after the yep. game ends you can go around and talk to some of the different characters and and it's kind of like a epilogue to the game and again like there's a trophy connected to that just to kind of encourage people to experience the full story and that was the same idea with you know it's tough when you're writing a game with a, a big backstory especially in the fantasy world where there's something as crazy as guns it's like okay well, there's a lot of law to get across here and we can do it like we can trickle it out through d- dialogue across the entire game but then we wanted there to be a way to drop a bunch of that at once if people wanted that extra detail for that backstory and i, I hate when it's compulsory for people for players to have to experience that law and i'm someone that never like reads all the books in like skyrim and the witcher <laughs> and everything that there's so much detail and depth in those but there's this one book in the the chamber of the church that you can read yep. about the history of um the, the realm there in evertonia and that was also trophy related yep. and it's it's been like fascinating to me to just over time like i'm just looking at the trophy completion percentage and and seeing like okay like we got half of the people are, are reading the book or we've got like, you know, 40% of people and the platinum's gone from 10% down to 5%. And what does that mean? Like yeah. more people are playing it now and people <laughs> are going to this dungeon first instead of that one. <laughs> I find all that stuff just like interesting as I, I guess I like stats and, and stuff as a sports fan. It's, it's fascinating yep. to, to look at that too. Well, the, the one trophy that tripped me up that I was like, wait, I didn't get the trophy for doing all the broom sections. And then it, yeah. it I was just going around looking for the chest and everything. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I never did the broom at the arena. That's what it is. And then I, I got that to pop and then I finished up the chest and got the platinum. But yeah, there's been a few that I've noticed people aren't hundred percent clear on at the end of the game. And that's one of them. And then there's the, uh, that chest that we've probably all had trouble oh, yeah. finding. <laughs> <laughs> and then what, there's this, I think there's one other, but, uh, uh, like there's there's one with the uzi for like shooting every single yeah. bullet without missing which was yeah. an idea that i had without actually testing it out which is <laughs> a lot harder than it than it sounds <laughs> when the when the uzi's so it's like got like such a wide spread but, right uh, there's ways that you can cheese it so when, i don't feel too bad yeah i got on one of the ice block guys but right yeah further. um yeah i think i saw because you, when you got your platinum, the screenshot you shared, and then John, I think you said that was the last chest you found too. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I saw that today, and I'm like, I think this is the one. I'm gonna find it, and I yeah. did a couple laps where <laughs> I couldn't find. It. I said, "Ah, screw it, I'll, I'll get it later with a guide or something." But yeah, I I couldn't figure it out. But. Yeah, it's tricky because there's like two exits within the yep. same cave, so you kind of go through there once and walk past one of the exits, but then you know. Okay once you're really looking for it it's like okay there it is but hey there's there's guides now so people yeah, just yeah. look them up and 
someone actually platinum the game in three hours um which is pretty <sighs> wild there's a video um, shout out to that guy and i think like, he spent the last half hour trying to get one trophy like a combat related one that i'm not okay. sure it was working completely um so it it is possible to get it in like two and a half hours if wow. you skip all the dialogue and know where all those uh collectibles are yeah it took me right at right at 10 hours which i think is is perfect i think that's yeah. about where i'll yeah. end up yeah that's, so. and that's good like you can finish the game in six to seven depending yep. on how good how good you are what difficulty you play on and you know that, that that's enough for some people but then if you want to put in all that extra work to to get the platinum it's only an extra couple of hours I, I like that too yep yeah all right well we know you had a, a sleepy baby there so we'll let you out of here after one more um so we said collectively our mm-hmm. favorite game of all time linked to the past um if you look at our individual lists uh, my favorite game of all time is actually Ocarina of Time. Kevin's is Metal Gear Solid 3. So okay. I'm curious, okay. uh, your favorite game of all time. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a very tough one. Uh, I th- Metal Gear Solid, the original one, is mm. probably the one that, that uh, has been, yes, close to me for for the longest period and i still like because narrative in games is such yep. a big component to me so i think that's probably the one game like if if, if only one game could exist maybe ever like that yeah <laughs> that's it but it's it's hard to draw a line because like the last of us is is potentially yeah. right up yeah. there and then even like the last of us part two i could easily say that it's better than the first one so how where does that put me and and you know, Final Fantasy VII's up there too. There's so many uh, great games that all um, all found ways to get referenced at some point within Trigger, which whether it's subtle or, or yeah. not so subtle. Yep, good deal. <laughs> awesome, Jono. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to sit down with us today. Um, I know we've been going back and forth. Uh, congratulations on Trigger, which. I like I said in the review, it's one of our favorite games this year. It, it was made for us. Um, I'm so happy for you that you got to do so much on this with the the narrative, the sound design, the writing, and everything. Mm. Um, if if people want to find you, obviously you're on Twitter at Jono himself. Um, where where else can they find you across the the interwebs? Yeah, so I, on all social medias, I'm at Jono himself. Uh, you can catch me on my podcast, putting in work, but more frequently than that, I'm doing Comedy Rewind, which is a yeah. comedy rewatch <laughs> podcast, and uh, that's that's as part of the Eight Bit Network. I've got a basketball podcast called Hoop Dreams, which releases fortnightly. Uh, we're in the off season now, so it might be slightly different, but we're still, you know, we're planning to do a draft recap and the free agency episode coming up so yeah i'm i'm here there and everywhere but uh flogging the crap out of trigger witch at the moment so uh if if you if you if you want to see gameplay clips and reviews and everything then look no further than my twitter feed um and of course i I should mention to your listeners that that it's on sale it's on all platforms at the moment and there's physical editions on switch they can get through play asia also ps5 for the port that's coming out He's pulling on the microphone. That's not the thing to play with. Do I still sound okay? Yeah, you're good. Yeah, you're good. Um, yeah, so the PS5 update will be coming out later with you know the adaptive triggers and uh, 120 nice. 
refresh rate and a new trophy list for people that want to get a okay. double double dip on the platinum trophy, which I'll definitely Perfect. be doing. So yeah, yeah there's a lot more trigger which to look forward to. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. So to anybody out there listening, we can't recommend this game enough. We absolutely love it. If you haven't played it yet, go out and get it. Thank us later. Yep. <laughs> uh, Jono, thank you so much. You are truly one of, you know, I've been following you for a while. You, you are truly what it seems to be one of the the good guys in gaming. Well, thank you. Um, so this was a lot of fun. Thank you for taking, the, uh, thank you for taking the time <gasps> to be with us. Um, Micah, thank you for showing up <laughs> yeah. as well. Little buddy. Oh man. <laughs> hey buddy. Say bye. Bye Micah. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, that, guys. Um, it's been it's been awesome to chat about the game, and especially with people who are such big fans of it. It's um it's great. Like I've I've done a bunch of of podcasts, and some of them are like with a lot of them are with people I know or people who haven't played the game yet. Yeah. So it's um to talk to people who are somewhat strangers, like we've never had conversations before, yeah. apart from on like Twitter. So to hear people who don't know me from the real world have enjoyed the game, it means a lot. Uh, you know you haven't you're not coming into it with any bias and that it, it yeah. fills me with warm fuzzy feelings to know that it's uh it's a game that's made you guys happy and that at Rainbite they've um they've they've done such a great job and how, how good's the music too i should say i've so had nothing to so do good. with it but the soundtrack's up on spotify and soundcloud uh-huh. and itunes and youtube it's, it's all over the place now so check out this the soundtrack too it's awesome. I, I love how it goes from so peaceful and everything. And then when the enemies show up, it's just, it's just like Metallica guitar riffs and everything. It's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, again, Jono, thank you so much. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for this episode of the two player co-op podcast, but until the next time, Sean, go ahead and take us out. Thank you for playing.